Welcome, everybody. This is Mario for Barberview TV Podcast. Just another reminder to uh, please follow us on, on IG and please, please subscribe to Barberview TV on YouTube. Thank you so much for the support. As I said in other previous podcasts, we're going to be launching full scale January 2022 with full barber culture programming. Cannot wait for that to happen. I have a special guest for you guys today. As I said before, where our goal is to have everyone that's involved in the barber culture on our show. And today we have um, Will LaMonica on the call today. Um, he works for Hanzo and he has some interesting stuff to talk about the industry, his history in, in the barber game, and also just some of the things that he goes through in regards to who he works for in the industry. So, Will, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm in L.A. I'm in sunny L.A. You're in hot-ass uh, uh, Birmingham. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so yeah, that's here in awesome. Here the Exactly. Yeah, thanks so, for having me on, man. Of course, Will. And thanks so much, brother. Once again, I know you, uh, you're you very uh, busy, and thanks so much for making time for your schedule. So tell us a little bit about uh, about – about how you got into the game, Will, and uh, and uh, doing what you do to work for Hanzo. Yeah, you know, it's all kind of an accident, really, because my wife and I, we had moved to New York, um, and I fell into Hanzo by accident up there. But I guess it was kind of destiny because my grandmother's been a salon owner and a hairdresser my whole life. Uh, my, my mom's a hairdresser, and uh, I have tons of cousins that do hair. But I never saw myself landing in this whole world. Uh, so when I got offered a job working for Hanzo uh, in New York, I turned it down initially because I thought it was a multi-level marketing scheme or something like that. You know, uh, pyramid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was. I thought they wanted me to buy in and all this stuff, and then uh, you know, finding out that it was selling scissors, selling shears, scissors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I I turned it down immediately. I said absolutely not. You know, it wasn't a day in my life I thought I want to grow up and become a scissor traveling scissor salesman. Uh, but the recruiter, he called me back. He said, no, listen, you're going to be missing out on a great opportunity. Uh, our company's exploding and you're going to be selling a product to stylists and barbers uh, that they're literally addicted to buying. And I took a moment. I said, OK, well, let me call some family. So I called some family members uh, to ask them about selling scissors, ask them about the brand. And uh, when I called my mom, I said, what do you think about me selling scissors? She said, oh, my God, I'm addicted to buying scissors. Uh, I thought, and she just said the same thing the recruiter did. So I'm going to give this three months, and it's been um, it's been almost five years now. So I've been out here on the road. So I started selling shears in New York. And that's kind of where it all started for me, and um, that was incredible. Uh, they didn't have a lot of real high end shear reps out there. You know, they have a lot of creeper vans rolling up with scissors in the back trunk. You know, you never really know what you're getting, and um, so it took off like wildfire out there. Uh, then I moved to Denver and serviced that area for a while. And uh, after the pandemic, there was a lot of shifting around, and now I'm now I'm out here in Alabama, service in this state. So, awesome! Thanks so much for for that recap. Question for you, brother: What makes Hanzo um, just the creme de la creme of all of the shears that's out there right now? Because now there's a lot of people that's trying to jump into the game right now, but Hanzo has yeah. always been like very consistent and delivering with the service, with just the branding. Tell us a little bit about about that, please. Yeah, I think, you know, for a long time, it was really hard for people to get high-end shears. And uh, if you wanted to, you'd have to go to a hair show. And then uh, if you bought them and then you didn't love them, you're kind of out of luck. And there was just uh, there was just room for Hanzo to come in and really 
take over the market. And we started as a sharpening company, Chris and John, uh, they're the owners and they started this as a sharpening company on the West coast of California. And, uh, they just drive up and down sharpen shears and they would hear, hear a lot of complaints about scissors and they decided to start their own line. And, uh, so they were able to source some steel out of Aichi, Japan and get a really clean manufacturing process going there. Um, and the manufacturing process has changed a lot, you know, over the years, but it's really, Aichi, Japan is where all the steel comes from, which is really key. Um, because everybody knows, I mean, German steel has been, was popular for a long time, but that was really soft. Um, you're not really getting American steel shears. I mean, that would be, that would be interesting, but Japanese steel has just been the, uh, the foundation for haircutting and hairdressing shears and barbering for a long time. And, um, and then we attach the shear handles elsewhere, uh, sometimes in Taiwan, China, you know, you name it, but then we process and finish all the shears in California. Uh, so we're really still truly an American company. And when they started their own shear line, it just immediately blew up into this cult following and, um, people fell in love with it. And then we started going to all the hair shows and it grew even further, but, in that progression over the last 15 years, um, what's happened is we've become more of an education company that happens to sell scissors because we do like 200 to 400 in salon, in barbershop, in school classes a month nationwide. Uh, and we're still doing sharpening. Now we're doing like 10,000 sharpenings a month uh, wow. throughout the whole country. And we have about 100 reps out there. So what makes us, what sets us apart is number one, you know, we have our own proprietary blend of Japanese steel. Um, with different types of shears, but then what sets us apart is that white glove concierge Hanzo rep service there. I, I can't think of another scissor brand out there that has a rep that's dedicated to uh, servicing their customers like we are. So that really has set us apart. And then there's really nobody else that's crushing it in the education sphere when it comes to cutting uh, like we are e either, because a lot of brands out there, you know, whether you have a color, company or you know a clipper company you're going to go and you take a class once you see that class you're going to see if you go to any of that other that brand's education you're going to see the same class over and over again because they kind of have a form and a model that they're following but with our education we have so many different artists so so many different barbers uh hairdressers from all different backgrounds different brands and when you go to a hanzo class you're gonna you're gonna walk away with uh some nuggets of wisdom and education you can go to 10 different Hanzo classes and get different, different education from every single one because we have so many different artists from so many different backgrounds in the Yeah, industry. we we had, uh, I believe, is his name John Mosley, the guy up in Florida? Is that his name? Uh, uh, John John Mosley, yeah, John Mosley, popular nobody. Uh, he yeah. worked with us for a really long time. Uh, he, he shifted his focus primarily to uh, working with Paul Mitchell now, I believe. But yeah, he's been mm -hmm. educating for us for a long time. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of great barbers that work with us so gotcha that's good stuff so now um i know we talked about this a little bit when we went to the expo uh the rumble in the rockies that was a expo in denver colorado um there's a shift going on especially within all the bar barbers uh primarily from the salonists trying to get into the barber game but also the barbers trying to make sure that they don't lose the the customer because of their sheer game, right? So tell us yeah. a little bit about what the shift that you're seeing right now, as far as even in the market you're in, uh, Alabama, like what's what's been uh, the flavor out there uh, since you've been to D Denver, New York, and now you're in Alabama, like the heart of the South? 
Well, what I, you know, I've seen a major shift over the last several years, but what I do know is, you know, originally barbers were all scissors. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then clippers came over and the clippers came and replaced the scissor work for the barbers. And then the clipper uh, became the primary tool. But then, you know, as styles got longer, a lot of men started going to the salons and a lot of stylists took over uh, the they took over the industry for barbers, but that shift has happened to where now barbering has become, it's become the thing. And, um, and a lot of barbers that have been stuck with their clippers, uh, they really need to expand out. And I think that they've realized that over the last several years, I sell more shears to barbers now than I ever have, um, because they, they're desperate to get better at their shear game uh, and do things with their shears that they could never do with their text, with their, with their clippers. Um, and that's really been a shift in education. I see a lot of barbers educating themselves, taking cutting classes. Um, and yeah, and then it's funny because when I go into do classes at barber shops, they want to see the shear work. They want to learn cutting education. But a lot of salons, they want to see if I do a men's cutting class. So for example, if I do a men's cutting class at a barber shop, you know, they don't, they don't want to see the fade. They'll watch it. They'll learn, you know, little trip tick, uh, tips and tricks but they want to see the shear work. When I go to a salon and do a, a men's class, the stylists all want to see how to use clippers. Uh, and that's, they're, they're really interested in, in doing more learning how to do a fade. So there really is a blend and a crossover that's happening. And um, barbers are more interested in investing in their scissors than ever before. Gotcha. Thanks so much for that. What, what separates Hanzo from the competitors? Cause there's a lot of people out there now uh, not going to mention their names, just, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll keep it like that. But what's, yeah. I know you talked about the white gloves uh, ser service and things like that, but what in particular makes people excited about Hanzo? I think number one, I mean, when, when people get excited about Hanzo, we have a culture and we have a brand that it represents something in the industry and people like to be a part of that. Um, when you go online and you buy something from Amazon, you really don't know what you're getting. Uh, a lot of steel can just get thrown together and you can buy something out there. You're not really sure the quality. Uh, but what sets us apart when you're talking about quality in terms of the product itself, uh, a lot of our shears now are what's called high carbon. And we've really moved into developing dry cutting shears. Now, a dry cutting shear is basically, it's a higher quality of steel. So you can go in and you can cut hair dry so it'll stay sharper for longer. Uh, whereas a lot of the shears out there, even if they say, you know, they're stamped made in Japan on them, they might just be, there's three blends of steel out there that people are primarily using in shears. There's the cobalt, and that's what people have been using for a long time. People think that that's incredible, but that's actually one of the weakest quality of steels. And then you move up to things like molybdenum or high carbon. Um, so what we have done is we have a kind of a blend between molybdenum and high carbon uh, that is really what sets us apart. And the high carbon is where people should really be at because those are going to stay sharper for as long as possible and um and you can go in you can cut dry hair with them and hair with product in it still and know that your shear is not going to dull out and you're not going to be doing a ton of damage so as far as quality steel quality that's what sets us apart is our proprietary blend uh, our own shears here and then our sharpening service i mean that sets us apart because a lot of the sharpening services that you're going to get you're going to have basically a creeper van roll up take your scissors out back sometimes they mess the shears up sometimes they don't but for us, we have a massive facility where we're doing, like I said, 10,000 sharpenings a month. And we have 
the infrastructure to replace the pads, to train up guys, to do a very, very consistent sharpening process all across the board. Um, but there's rumors about our sharpening department. I've heard people say that we do, uh, we use a water laser, uh, which is definitely not, not true. Uh, we, we do a water honing, we have a diamond spray, uh, and we do a classic Japanese style sharpening process. So that's really, really important. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the white glove service and the culture, I think that there's a lot to be said about a brand and the, uh, the cachet value that a brand brings. And when you invest in something that you believe in or that has that cachet value, it immediately boosts the morale of the customer. So there's something about buying a shear that doesn't just have to do with cutting hair. It doesn't just have to do with the steel. It doesn't just have to do with all the things that I mentioned, but there's something about boosting your own morale as a stylist or a barber because you're investing in yourself. And then that, that confidence that that gives you can transfer over into your, your business. Absolutely. So your shares are top notch, very top tier, high quality. And also it does, you have to pay for good quality, no doubt about that. So in regards to the financial impact for a barber that's gonna make money off of your shears, describe a little bit about that process when you go into telling the barber like, wait a minute, that's, that's kind of this price, but this is how much you're gonna yield from these, uh, these shears. Yeah, I think that when, when you look at how many different clippers, you go to any barber shop, you'll see 10 different clippers, uh, all kinds of different trimmers sitting on their, sitting on their desk. They've been, they've been trying different things out and they know that different tools do different things. Uh, but then you open up their shear case and they might still have some old shears from school and they're not really <laughs> focusing on yeah. that. They, they, they don't even have different types of lengths. So, um, when you want to go in, you, you would never ask somebody to build a whole house with a hammer, you know, you want to have a lot of different tools. So there's a lot of different shears that people can grab for different techniques. Usually when I'm going into a barbershop and I'm looking in somebody's drawer, I look for four different things. I look for a short shear. I look for a long shear. I look for some type of creative texturizer. Uh, and then I look for a blending and smoothing shear. Let me see if I can just grab something real quick. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, the thing that when, when you have, when you want to raise your prices as a barber um, and you're not investing in your tools, you know, you want to be able to tell your customers what you're investing in your tools because that'll go a really long way. Um, a lot of customers don't know how much barbers are spending on their clippers, their blow dryers, their, uh, you know, all the different things that they need in order to do this job. But when you let them know, hey, I'm about to use a $600 shear or a $1,000 shear on this cut, that makes a big difference for that customer, you know? Mm -hmm. So let me just pull something out here for you really quick. Did that kind of answer your question there? Absolutely, absolutely. But you also, right, it is that value that you're getting in, in, uh, in your tools, right? So that, that makes perfect sense how uh, a barber can say, hey, you're going to, I'm cutting your hair with a thousand dollars share and a 400 bucks this and the $300 that as long as uh, the customer can understand that value, then you have the right as a barber to kind of charge what you want to charge provided the cut's yeah. good. <laughs> the yeah. most importantly. 
<laughs> yeah, man, you can have all the scissors in the world, but if you didn't know how to cut hair, then I can't help you out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said you had something to show us? Yeah. So, so these four shears here, I'm just going to kind of go through it. So a short shear, this is something that would be like a five and a half inch. I don't know if you can see it, but a five yeah. and a half inch blade to a six inch blade. Uh, most barbers are using a six and a half or greater. That's really so you can get a lot of scissor over comb, blast it out. Um, so I'd recommend having a short shear and a long shear. This is really good for around the ears, around the nape, that kind of thing. But then having a longer shear is good because you can cover a lot more ground when you're doing scissor over comb. You can get a lot straighter of a blunt cut. You can knock a man bun off real quick if you need to with this. Um, so having different lengths is really important. And then blending and smoothing. So a fine tooth blending shear is perfect for blending the line out of the ridge on a fade. A lot of barbers will say, oh, I just use my clippers for that. But thing is, you can get a finish with this that your clipper can't give you. Uh, and then a creative texturizer. So this right here is going to be for texturizing the top of men's hair. Each tooth represents a point cut. Um, so if you have four shears in your kit, something like a blending and smoothing shear, visual texture, a short shear, and a long shear, then you're really, you're really pretty set up. That's really all you need. That's great stuff. So uh, we'll call it the four pack. You got to have those four yeah. things all the time, wherever you go. That's good. Yeah. Thanks so much for the uh, demonstration. Uh, in regards to Alabama, uh, tell me a little bit about the culture out there. I, I know you just moved out there. Uh, and as you're gaining the relationships with the barbers out there, tell us some of the things that you're seeing out there in the, in the South that's different or even comparable to the markets of Denver and New York. Yeah, I think, well, markets in New York, you know, you get a lot going in and out of barbershops. Um, people can have a little bit more of a cold front um, and, and, and push you off right away. Because as a Honda rep, I mean, we're basically in, we're basically in anywhere between 10 to 30 salons in a single day, salons and barbershops. Wow. Um, so sometimes you're going in, you already have a relationship built, but when you're going in, you have to cold call, uh, walk in without anybody knowing you unannounced uh, a lot of times people can just push you right off sometimes you'll hit it off with people right away uh, but once you hit it off with people in new york it was really really warm uh colorado it wasn't as intense as that but it was similar but in in the south down here man it's uh the southern hospitality is real like people really are warm it's uh they don't just they don't just shut you down and, and turn you away right away um it's a different game down here so that's something that I found is, is pretty nice to be, be a part of. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, so just, let's talk about just the worth ethic and what you do and what makes you successful. A lot of barbers, you know, they work like 10, 12 hours a day. Tell us about yeah. a day in the life of what you go through, Will. Yeah, it can be, you know, it can be a hustle like you wouldn't believe, you know, we wake up, I get texts nonstop, people needing shear sharpen, people needing, me to come in and uh, adjust something on their shear, people wanting to buy new shears and managing all of that. Usually a rep, a Hanza rep is going to manage by himself anywhere between a thousand to 2000 salons uh, within a zip code. So that you break that down between how many different stylists and barbers are in each location. Uh, and that, that's a lot of people to service. So we have to be pretty organized with our route. Um, I use a map every i use a, a map that's some, similar to something a U, ups driver would use just to keep track of all my stops keep track of all the shops that are all around the whole state and uh, what i'll do is i'll plan my day i'll wake up i'll leave the house around nine as long as i can get to when the shops open which is around 10 o'clock 
um, then I'll be, I'll be good. So I'll just work the whole day, uh, anywhere, but you know, it's like a normal, it's kind of like a nine to five, but it's really not a nine to five. It's, it's really, you can work, I can work as long as I want. And some days I'll hit the road early. I'll leave home, go home early, but it's, um, it can be, like I said, 15 to 30 stops a day and in and out. I'm grabbing people's shears for sharpening. I'm sending them in, I'm giving them backups. I'm selling new scissors and, um, it can be, it can be definitely, I don't think anybody realizes if you have a Honda rep, I don't think anybody realizes how hard, uh, these Honda reps are working out here just to get everybody taken care of and get their scissors sent in, make sure new scissors are getting people and put in people's hands. And, um, I mean, I, I probably have right now, I probably have, uh, this is a box that uh, new shears I need to deliver. I have, um, probably uh 15 shears right here that i need to deliver right now uh, so i'm just out here constantly just driving around taking care of customers how's your quality of life balance because i you seem very driven and you really care about the customer experience is there any chill time <laughs> is there any time um, for you well yeah and hondo i mean the way this job works it is a commission job so you want to make sure that you know, the more you work, the more you're going to make because you're out there and, and the more sharpenings that you're collecting and the more customers that you're getting to invest in their shears, that that's the way it really works. But uh, you have to shut it down. You just have to not respond to text after a certain hour when you're home with your family. Um, but you can, you can go, go, go. And if you don't shut it down, this job can completely take over your life. Um, but the nice thing is it's a fun job. So it's not, it's not a job. That's one of the reasons why you have to be careful because the job actually is fun. I love the people that I work with. Uh, there's a lot of satisfaction and, uh, you have to turn it, you have to just turn it off. You have to make an intentional decision to say, I'm not working today. I'm not going to answer any text. I'm not going to answer any phone calls. Yeah. Um, and that way you can just, you can keep your head on straight. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Last question. Tell us a little bit about the future. Where do you see the future of, of Shears and even with Hanzo within the next three to five years? That 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 uh, that culture shift. Do you see any change, or do you see it being uh, status quo? Um, you know, I think that we thought we were going to move into a lot more visual and virtual education after COVID and everything. But what I've been seeing is that people want in-person education still uh more than ever um whenever i can get a class book people are so thankful to finally have someone actually come to their salon and teach hands-on or teach a look and learn in person because during covid everybody was trying to do education online and they they realized man it's just not the same mm -hmm. um, it's just it's something there's something about that that person-to-person -person education so i think that uh while we thought it was going to go more virtual. And I think that there'll always be a space for that. I, I think that the one-on-one -on -one education is always going to be there. Uh, as far as shears go, I mean, Hanzo is still growing. Um, I think that they're going to be opening up an uh, actual retail store in Las Vegas, which is going wow. to be the first Hanzo wow. retail store. So we've always just been selling at the hair shows and with reps nationwide and at classes, but now we'll have that. So for us, I'm not too sure exactly where the future is. I can see them always coming out with new shears. Um, 
but I'm, I'm actually, I can't predict anything as far as what we're looking at in the next three to five years. But I think that you're going to continue to see even more crossover between barbers and stylists until, uh, until that, that boundary line really gets blurred. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I have one more final question. There's a lot of people like in Denver that, in all cities, you see a mix of different cultures, different nationalities. How has that affected, like, say, for instance, like in New York, you know, where I'm from, you have someone um, who doesn't have, who have, haven't touched shears, but now there's like tons of white people that's gentrifying their neighborhood, right? So now they don't know how to like deal with the hair texture and stuff like that. How have you seen that happen within uh, areas for which that you've tackled so far? You know, uh, mostly what I see is I I think that there is a huge divide when it comes to race in the industry for all races. I mean, I don't I don't really see a lot of white guys going into the barbershops downtown and I don't see a lot of crossover the other way. And then, and then you go to the Asian shops and it's uh, it's all Asian people getting there. It's like I don't see any crossover there uh, very much at all, except for in the hair for for the, um, when it comes to men's hair, but in the salons, I see a lot more crossover. So, uh, I see a lot of stylists that are really learning how to do natural hair, curly hair, natural cutting, dry cutting, um, and all different types of hair, but, uh, and, and that going, you know, both ways, but I don't see that cross. I don't know for whatever reason, I just don't see that crossover that happening. Maybe you do, but I, I don't see, I don't see, like we see the boundary line between Cosmo and barbers getting blurred, but I don't see a racial line getting blurred as much in the hair industry. Um, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where there's just very separate. So like in, in the shops there, so like you'll say, you, you, you see a black barber shop, you won't see like a bunch of white guys going in there to like line up to, to get a fade. But if you go to like a, no. a white shop, do they still have the same tools? Like, you know, like the clippers and the shears and stuff like that. Are they still pro providing that type of service? Cause I, I know as trends change, a lot of people can't pivot to learn those changes. That's why they're constantly attending classes and ed education and going to shows because they wanted to deliver to their customers. Right. But maybe they don't know yeah. how to, they, they've had to turn down cuts because they don't know how to, to deliver. So do you see any, any of that happening on the horizon as well? Yeah, I do. I think, like I said, barbers are buying more into uh, using shears than ever before. And I think that's because it's required if you want to stay afloat in the industry. Um, you can't just be proficient in a fade, but then not know how to give somebody a pomp anymore. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to use your clippers when someone comes in and maybe they're long, they have, you know, they have really long men's hair. So you're going to have to learn how to do those things if you want to stay, if you want to survive. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, man, you 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 gave us a lot to chew on. Thank you so much for your time. I see you had to pull over and make some time for us. We really do appreciate it. Tell the people out there if uh, they wanted to reach out to you to to get blessed with some of those awesome shears. What's a good way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can reach me. Um, you can on Instagram. It's Bama Hanzo. It's just B A M A Hanzo. Uh, or you can always go and follow Hanzo Nation. Uh, Instagram and you can DM either page and uh, somebody will reach out to you and hook you up with shears with the local rep. There's, so there's reps, hundred, hundred different plus reps nationwide. So when you reach out to us, we can get you connected with the nearest rep. We can show up, we can get you fit into some shears or sharpen your old ones. 
uh, even set up a barbering class at your salon or barbershop, which is something that you can do if you want to host a, a barber class or a, or a cutting class of any kind. It's totally complimentary if you want to host it at your salon. So if you want to reach out to us, we can get that set up for you. Bamba Hanzo. That's an awesome name, by the way. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, <would> have, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, Will, thank you so much for your time. I, I know you got to go make deliveries and take care of your customers. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch up soon, brother. I, All right. Are, 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 are you going to the, uh, to the Knoxville show or no? I'm going to the Orlando show. I'm flying out tomorrow to go to the Orlando hair show. Orlando show. Okay. Awesome sauce. Yeah. Cool. All right, brother. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks so much. I appreciate your time, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. See you.